Forget what you think you know. Vampires exist. My name is Blade. I was born half human, half vampire. They call me the Daywalker. I have all their strengths, none of their weaknesses, except for the thirst. Twenty years ago, I met a man that changed that. Whistler. He taught me how to hold the thirst at bay. Taught me the rules. Gave me the weapons to hunt with. Silver. Garlic. Sunlight. Two years ago, he was attacked. They took him and turned him into the thing I hate most. I should have finished him off. Now I'm hunting him. I will find him. And nothing will stand in my way. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. And we're back. And what are we discussing this week, Mal? What franchise are we returning to after well over a year away? We're coming back to the vampire slayer, the daywalker himself. It's Blade 2. Oh my god, Blade 2? The the older brother of Blade 1? I The one that the crowds uh, have been asking for. Everybody. Everyone shut up about Blade 2, okay? Now we watched it. I could not believe that it's been over a year since we saw the first Blade. I realized it when I was looking through our Instagram, and it's been a while, for sure. Um, I still feel like I have a pretty good recollection of the first movie. It made quite an impact on me, I guess, because both of us had never seen it before. And I don't know if I'll be able to say the same for Blade 2. Didn't love it. Yeah, I mean, so I don't... I was trying to get a read on people's impressions of this movie because what I know about the Blade trilogy is the first one is pretty revered overall and that everybody hates the third one, uh, X-Men style. But I never had really heard much about Blade 2. I knew that Guillermo del Toro had done it and we have watched his first Hellboy movie for the pod, which we really liked and we will be revisiting uh, to, to catch up on Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, sometime in the future. But besides that, I couldn't really get a read on whether people liked it, hated it, thought it was somewhere in the middle, and... It was disgusting. Definitely it disgusting. It was so gross. Like, the first movie had a lot of blood. Yeah, but it, it was wasn't really bloody. But it wasn't as gory. This was, like, disgusting. I don't... I just was like, I can't even watch some of this. It's yeah. so gross. It's actually pretty impressive. Like, it was yucky. The, the prosthetics... Because I will say this, the like I already said, the first movie had a lot of blood. This one really leaned into like grotesque, like body horror stuff, which makes sense for Guillermo del Toro because he was hired for this because the uh, writer and some of the other people at the studio really liked the horror movies that he did back in the '90s, and he like had a vision for this clearly from the design of the Reapers just down to. We're going to a vampire club again, but this time they're not showering in blood. They're, like, cutting each other open, and it's we're going to show it to you in 
excruciating detail. And, like, I understand that people are not really going to this movie for a robust plot. Like, they're there <laughs> for the fight scenes. But I'm I'm a plot person. Well, it also doesn't help that the plot in the first movie was, like, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the, the villain was, like, a cornball, but it was, like... I liked the first movie a lot. It, like, had a plot driving it. This was, like, really simple, and I kept, like... The fight scenes were cool, don't get me wrong, and we'll talk more about that, but, like, I was just kind of, like, towards the end of the movie, I was like, what is what has happened here? Like, I felt like in this movie, more than the first one, that the plot was there to just facilitate the fight scenes. Definitely. Kind of like a porno. Yeah. The plot was there to just facilitate the sex scene. Yes. <laughs> um, Killer comparison. And... I thought that they could have done an interesting plot with this, especially like, so I know we're like kind of jumping right into it, but we don't have a lot to say about the movie because not a lot happened. But like they, they introduced this like royal family of vampires and like, I don't understand why they didn't do more with that. Like that was so interesting. And I know that's a little bit of a twilight thing to have like the whole Vatican of vampires and like they're their own thing but like if you're going to introduce this like family line and like the crux of the movie is that the brother is the like reason that the whole movie is happening like why aren't we delving into that yeah i agree you know instead we get this cold open and we get the dad kind of talking about it a bit and then the son doesn't show up until the end no, he's in it throughout. Well, that's true. I just well, but we don't. But know him they... like confronting his dad and stuff. I just we we get sidetracked for so much of the movie with the. Well, I can't believe I forgot the, the name of the blood team. Squad, the blood pack, blood pack, which is like that's a cool concept. And I saw that they had based like the I liked idea the blood for this pack, yeah. off of the Dirty Dozen, which is like a World War II movie with like a, a team of soldiers like going behind enemy lines, which is like a classic trope, but. When you said it felt very Suicide Squad, yeah, which it did. Yeah, like very much those vibes. So I, I get what they were trying to do, but it was just so simple. Like the middle part of the movie was just fight scene after fight scene, and we're not really progressing much uh, with the plot or with the characters. And I really thought it was like underwhelming after we got like so much background stuff with Blade in the first movie and, like, character development for him. And, like, about vampires. Right. And for Whistler. Yeah. Like, him, they did him a disservice in this movie, in my opinion. Uh, even though it was, like, it's cool to have you back, but, like, I was sad that he died in the first movie, or so we thought, but it, he had a really compelling character arc. And in this one, it wasn't so much. Right. I don't know. It, yeah. So... Another, sorry, really quick, silly comparison <laughs> to the... Um, the Blood Pack, um, in the Santa Claus 2, a movie I think we're all familiar with. I, I feel like you've referenced the Santa Claus 2 on the podcast before. Right? Or maybe, actually, it might have been Santa Claus 1. Either way, it's a Santa Claus movie. There's, like, a, a squad of elves that are, like, trained in combat and, like, <laughs> stealth as Is they that, come down. And Was that the first movie? I don't know. We, we watched the first one last holiday season. I think it is... I think it is the first one because they have to like bust him out of jail. And that's the first one where he's like, what's your name? Chris Kringle. <laughs> and he does the whole bit in the jail cell. Whatever. Anyway, it also reminds me of that. 
Absolutely incredible. Which I think one came we were out all first? thinking. I think we were all thinking it. Who stole from who? Um. <laughs> anyway, should we kind of go back to the beginning? Yes. Let's let's take it back because we've really gotten ahead of ourselves here. So let's start off with the cold open. Not as the, bloody as the cold open of the first movie. No, just more vaguely intimidating. You know, this this building is not a friendly place. You don't want to go to this blood bank. Oh, yeah. I do like that the blood bank is a through line in the movie, but no explanation. No, like, what? Why? Do, well, do other people go here and they just, like, don't know about it? Like, Well, I think that, like, it's a way for vampires to get blood without having to kill people because they know Blade's going to, like, come after them. Yeah. But, like, I have questions. Like, I appreciate the business <laughs> model. Like, also, it... And they pay cash? Is yeah. that what the guy said? And you can bring your jars of blood in? That's concerning, like, drawing your own blood, but... Um, also, a reputable blood bank, if you come in with a jar of blood, they're going to be like, a sir or ma'am, where did you where did you, where did you get is this? Is it reputable? They're no, drinking it's, no, the blood. No, it's definitely not reputable, so... Also, they are testing the blood. You're, yeah, you're right. Okay, you so know? they're reputable in that regard, but if you walk into a blood bank and it looks like it's made out of like an abandoned train station and there's a bunch of bank vault doors. I thought the set was cool. <laughs> the set was super cool. All of the places we went were like cool, very much in that vibe. Yeah, I liked the aesthetic and they like filmed it in Prague and it had like a very distinct feel to it, which I liked. Yeah, like every scene we go to is cool. Like they're a little layer, like Blades yeah. group. Um, the, the place at the end... The rave, like, yeah. all of it's cool, and they use, like, yeah, cool Definitely. buildings and stuff. The thing that stood out to me, like, less than ten minutes in was the the Matrix influence must have been strong when they were doing these fight scenes and even when they were determining how they were going to do their visual effects because the first Matrix came out a year after the first Blade, and the first Blade, I'm pretty sure, did, like, fairly well in theaters, and they, along with everybody else that was doing action movies at the time, were probably like, how can we take advantage of this trend? And they didn't do a ton of bullet time in this, but they do do bullet time in the first fight scene. What does scene. that mean, bullet time? Like, um, in The Matrix, like, when the agents would shoot and Neo would, like, slow down time and it would, like, do, like, a slow-mo, like, bullet. CGI yeah. shot and show you, like, the trail of the bullet and stuff. They straight up do that in the first scene. But to me, like, it was very distinctive how they decided to use CGI because the first movie, everything felt pretty practical and the fight scenes, except for the one where he fights the yeah, guy the at the end, end which was, was not, real yeah. rough, um, they kind of shied away from it. And this movie, like, visually definitely aged worse on a right. whole because of that. Because every time someone dies, they, like, explode into CGI. Right. They, I was saying they really got their money's worth out of that one effect. But the thing that I noticed it the most in, and I won't talk plot-wise, was there's a point where he's fighting a ninja. Blade is fighting a ninja one-on-one -on -one in front of those floodlights in their, like, headquarters. Oh, right. And they're, the they're actually fighting, like, hand-to-hand. -hand, and then it pulls back, and I'm like, both of these guys are really poorly done CG now and they're doing like these spinning kicks across the room and it looked like a PS2 game. 
Right, like, and that doesn't make any sense because it seemed like the whole movie is so that they can do those fun fight scenes. Right. And then why wouldn't you just do the fight scene like, or not do it? I, yeah, instead they do like half and half, which to me like pulled me out of it even more because you would get a close-up shot of them actually fighting and then pull back and it's like these very clearly CG models. I, I'm imagining it must have been like, oh, we have this new technology at our fingertips. We have to use it. It's the Star Wars problem. Yeah. Like, they got a little carried away. Speaking of Star Wars, they Han Soloed Whistler. They truly did. I, that's what I was they, thinking they, the whole time. They actually did. Uh, yeah, I was really confused. We were both really confused. Because the movie So was opens, Blade. Well, yeah, but the movie <laughs> opens with, like, I, I should have I finished Whistler off and said they've turned him into what I hate. And we're both sitting there, like... Didn't, we were all emotionally he, impacted he, he, by Whistler's he died, death. right? Like, did I miss something? And then you just said it, like, it was for no reason. Like, they brought him back, and then to what end? They barely used him in this, and he was kind of a wet sock. Like, Yeah, he wasn't, he didn't have, like, the same dynamic funny. with Blade. The whole thing with Scud just turned him into, like, the grumpy old man character. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think they must have just realized they're like, oh, people really liked Chris Christopherson, so we have to bring him back. We did, but then bring him back as his character, not like whatever this is. Yeah, it was like a weak caricature of his character from the first one. It was kind of disappointing. Also, they did a disservice to the first movie. Like the whole first movie was about not about that, but like that was like a huge thing. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, like, I think doesn't Scud say it? He's like, yeah, he sees you as like a father figure. Yeah, which is a like, little on the nose. Thanks, Scud. Yeah, like we didn't need to explain that, but that was what part of that was part of what made the first movie like special, plot wise, and like the relationships between characters. And then in this one, like Whistler's whatever he is, Scud is like kind of a joke of a character, although he gets a bit more right. depth later. And uh, Nisa, is that mm -hmm. her name? Yeah, it's just like nothing. I don't know. Oh like, yeah, like also like not good acting. No. She was like, she was acting like a plank of wood. And Well, they gave her nothing. Right. Like, yeah, I don't her lines were Like, what does she know? What doesn't she know? What is her MO in this whole like thing? Like she wants to make her dad proud. Um I have a lot of questions. So basically Blade like carrying her out and like having like this moment is like not earned at all. Also, like, what happened to his love interest from the first movie? Because I'm pretty sure the whole thing is that she survives. Yeah, like, she her eyes open. Yeah, she didn't die. So, I don't I don't know. They couldn't get the actress back. <laughs> I don't know. And then, is this now just, like, a plot that, like, Blade's love interest will die at the next movie, too? Well, I'm expecting that from Blade Trinity whenever we get around to watching it. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, I don't... Um, I was going to say something else about... Um, that character, but now I can't remember, but I'm sure I'll come back to it. Oh, well, I I guess I was going to talk about her dad, but I don't know if we're there yet. I had a couple, like, pluses. Yeah. Um, I loved his use of gadgets. Yes. I like that he had the gadgets. Had fun stuff. Even though he never really successfully used his little, like, throwing star thing. Yeah, he missed everybody with it, but <laughs> hey, it looks really cool when he threw it. Um, and then they CGI'd it coming back, which didn't need to happen. Uh -uh. Um, and then he used this like wire, like made out of like, I guess, silver. Yeah. That was cool. And I mean, he uses stuff throughout, like they have like the bombs and yeah. that's Scud's whole thing. 
just like improvised he's stuff. He's like Q yeah. from uh, a, a stoner Q. And yeah, I mean, I was bitching about the CGI. Yeah. Don't get me wrong though. Like the fight scenes in this are really good. Like I Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of them. Right. <laughs> like if that if the fight scenes weren't good, there there would be really nothing here. But I found myself like really enjoying them. Like there were so many, but it was so fun to watch. And like I think it was Wesley Snipes doing a lot of it. And you can just like reading about the production of the movie and even watching it, honestly, you can just tell that like Wesley Snipes is really invested in the character. Like they like him like make a lot of the choices for what Blade would do. And I just like to see that. And I know that that's not the case in the third one. (laughs) Because from what I heard, he doesn't, he refused to open his eyes on set. (laughs) He's wearing sunglasses the whole time. We'll get into that when we, when we talk about it. Um, I mean, I liked, um, yeah, I felt like he actually seemed more confident in his character in this movie. And, And maybe that's some character building from the first movie even though the first movie is not really an origin story. Um, but he's also not dealing with like being sick in this movie, which I did like. I'm yeah. glad we kind of like got over that. Like he still has to do the injections or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but he's like, but, it's not a big thing. Um, and I, I mean, even though like, I know what you're saying about the CGI, I, I enjoyed the acrobatic vampires. Oh yeah. Like ninjas. it's still, like they're like crawling <laughs> up the walls and stuff. It was still fun. I was like, it just doesn't look that great, but that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, I, I mentioned Scud and he was like an interesting addition. So I thought it was funny cause like, I haven't seen Norman Reedus in that much stuff. He's Daryl he in The Walking Dead. He looks very familiar. Yeah, uh, I was he, looking him up. He's like a common fan cast for Ghost Rider. Uh, so he must've been cast in this cause the Boondock Saints also came out in like 1999. And I don't know how well that was received when it came out, but now that's like a cult classic. So he must have been picked up off that. But it's fun having a... I actually liked his dynamic. Oh, like his with, character was the best part of this whole movie yeah. in the end because the twist where he's like actually like the, the leak or whatever, incredible. Yeah, that like, was really effective. Didn't see that coming at all. No, he's a cool guy. I mean, I, I thought he was going to die really early, to be honest with you. Uh, like when he's stuck in the van. But I guess that yeah. would have been silly. Um, and I honestly love that he calls Blade B. That was one of my favorite plot, <laughs> yeah. or not plot things, but like line well, yeah. things. Well, character ticks. Yeah. He also calls vampires suckheads. Right. Yeah. Like, Let's just call all the vampires suckheads for the rest of the movie. I think that is a carryover from. From the first one? It yeah. probably is. Yeah, I just don't remember that specifically. Um, my next note is getting towards like talking about the dad, just because yeah. I. Had a general comment being like, I like the idea of Blade having to work with the Vampire Council and yeah, I thought them that like was coming good... to attack him, but then like, okay, we're just defending ourselves. Like, come work with us, man. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is fun, and it had good stakes. Like, it made sense why they had to work together because this other thing is like really was, gross, yeah, and worse. Like, they were like, we would prefer that you were just killing us rather than this guy like turning us into. These abominations. The only thing I would say is, like, I think Blade should have had his own interaction with the Reapers beforehand. Yeah, I agree. Because it would give him more of an interest in getting involved. And know that it's, like, hard to beat him. Yeah. I Uh, think they should have just slotted that in after the cold open. Yeah. Um, My question for the um, dad, daddy, 
Um, why does Big he Danny v. look and act like the Emperor, the the Sith in Star <laughs> Wars? Again, another Star Wars reference. <laughs> yeah, that actor had just watched Star Wars Episode Six, and he was like, "You know what? I know where I'm going to base my character now." And like the cost, like his face and stuff. Why oh, does yeah. he look ill? Did I, he inject himself with something? I don't know. And then to cut to the end, why is his blood greenish blue? Maybe you're probably right then. He, he's probably been, you know, we know that he has not reaperfied himself, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is experimenting with some other random shit that's either supposed to like protect him or maybe get rid of like some of the vampire weaknesses. But yeah, shit's nasty. This is my understanding. Yeah, he looks gross. He looks really fucking gross. I mean, I assume that he's like super old and like, I don't know if this is true. I had to make up my own canon because again, nothing was explained in this movie. No. Does he have like a million children? Like is his bloodline like crazy? Like even though we only meet, Nissa and the other guy. I mean, you would think so, right? Because if he's like ancient and like they live forever, presumably. Um, Seems like the kind of guy that would be like, I must perpetuate my bloodline. Yeah, and they're all really into like being a pure blood mm-hmm. vampire, meaning they were born a vampire, they weren't turned. Um, I mean, surely there must be more then, but it makes it feel super small. That's because. For sure. It appears that she doesn't even know that that's her brother. Yeah. And then my question was, was he like born in like a jar thing? Or was he like his son that like kind of volunteered to do this? Unclear. In which case, if he volunteered to do this, he shouldn't have a vendetta against his dad. Like Maybe he was born in a jar then. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I honestly I, have no why idea. Why didn't they answer these basic questions? Like, this was the plot. Because they didn't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know what? We don't need to do that. And I'm only mad because I, like, genuinely wanted to know more about it. Like, because I think they introduced a good concept. Yeah, they just didn't follow through at all. They just didn't, like, want to dig deep on anything in this movie. They just They were using, like, that idea as a plot device, not like an actual character background, and it suffered for it. And then we meet the Blood Pack. The, the infamous. The, the bad boys who were originally trained and assembled to kill Blade. And gals. And gals, yes. Um, I love I love the names. They list them all on the Wikipedia. We got, we got a guy named Snowman. We got <laughs> Reinhardt, Priest, Lighthammer. And yeah, Assad, Nisa, Chupa, and Verlaine. Honestly, Priest is the best because I feel like it's a reference to like vampires and like crosses and stuff. Yeah. And even though I think they debunk that in the first movie, they're like, oh yeah, that's not a real thing. Yeah, but maybe he uh, he knows the urban legend. Right, exactly. So, so I, I'm again, my own canon, but yeah, it. I buy it. And uh, notably, the I mean, the leader, the de facto leader, I guess, and the one that becomes the biggest pain in the ass is played by Ron Perlman. Rocking a wrap around goatee. Did we all see that um, that facial hair? No. What it does was, that it mean? It went around his neck. I have to show you a picture because I I like looked him up. Like a chin strap. Yeah, I mean it's it's out of control. I was I was truly shocked. But I also wonder. I think I saw that Ron Perlman was in um, 
one of Guillermo del Toro's early movies. So I thought that maybe they came together on this and then that spurred on him being cast as Hellboy. I mean, but. he was having the time of his life. I felt like. Oh yeah! Wow. It that's literally weird. wraps around the back of his head like a pair of sunglasses, and he's wearing sunglasses the whole time. So I was briefly confused. I didn't even realize that was Hellboy. I mean, yeah, I I mean, you can't Hellboy. He doesn't look like himself, obviously, right, right. but you can still kind of hear it. That is funny. He's so unlikable in this movie, though. God damn, opposite of Hellboy. He he says a line to Blade that then Blade repeats at the end, and I don't oh. understand it. Yeah, I was gonna look this up because when line, it came back, I was like, I am missing something. The line is, "Can you blush?" And I think that's a reference to like, I guess having blood, and like, I don't really know. Okay, I'm pretty sure that it's just straight up Reinhardt being racist. Oh. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Like, I was like, uh, what? And there is a line earlier or later on where Blade refers to him as Adolf, which kind of went over my head. So I just had this racist guy. Um, That's like the first time I feel like they've even addressed race on in the movies. And now let me also read this off. This is from a, a film discussion board in 2011 so take this with a massive grain of salt because i don't know how i could verify it otherwise if you listen to the commentary of the dvd with snipes and david goyer who is one of the writers um he added it to the script because when wesley snipes was doing promotional stuff in germany for the first blade uh someone asked him that like can you blush oh that's so shitty well yeah like and Wesley Snipes was like, yeah, I really chewed that guy out for saying that to me. So I guess it just stuck with him. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I just didn't. I guess that works. But um, yeah, I didn't. I thought it was a vampire thing and I really didn't understand it in that yeah. context. But, but now it, and now it makes sense at the end because he would have like drained him of his blood. And yeah. yeah, but OK, glad we figured that out. That is fucked up. Um, This is my note saying the movie is gross. Because I'm sure I wonder something, what particular part made you say that. I mean, so many things, but like, well, the it was probably the blood rave is, stuff. It yeah. must have been the blood rave stuff. And like the way that the reapers eat the people yeah. is like this little octopus thing comes out of their face, which unzips itself. Yeah, it really reminded me of. Um, <laughs> I can't. It reminded me of the xenomorph from Alien and a bunch of other stuff from Alien. Very much like a a horror movie type thing. Cause that was what, uh, Guillermo del Toro was really aiming to do in the Wikipedia article. He, it's described as him saying that he was tired of vampires being depicted as like tortured Victorian souls. So he was like, I want to make them scary again. <laughs> so he did. I mean, they are scary, but they weren't really vampires. Yeah. So I guess he was like, I gotta do something different. Um, I mean, it, it, I think he, uh, accomplished what he wanted to do. It was pretty yeah. gross. Um, Donnie Yen was in the blood pack and he's notable as being like a huge martial arts guy. Uh, all the movies, there were like four of them. Um, Yip Man, uh, which I've only seen the first two, but they were really good. He is like just an extremely accomplished actor and fighter. He kind of pops up in this. Um, don't really think they did him complete justice he got a couple of cool fight scenes don't get me wrong but uh having seen some of the other stuff that he's done 
even his uh, bit in Rogue One, I thought was was cooler. But I'll take what I can get. He was the blind guy in Rogue One, who's like, I'm one with the Force. Right, right. He had right. a cool guy. Yeah, he was a cool character. But I like that he was in there. Um. Yeah, and then I think I think you already maybe said this about like the plot. Like at first, it seems like it's moving fast. Like we get the the first scene, we introduce the Reapers. They're starting this like, um, they're working together. They have like this truce in place, and then like they get to this Raven, and it just completely slows down from there. Like there's pretty much no plot after that. It's just them fighting. Well, yeah, it's, it's like get to the rave, fight Reapers, leave. Oh, we found out where the Reapers are. Go fight more Reapers. Yeah. Like, for a very They're extended They're, like, not sequence. getting along. No. And it was, like, a weirdly long movie for, like, nothing happening. Yeah, it's actually pretty impressive because it was over two hours. And, like, I don't have that much to say about the pot itself. I don't know how they managed that. <laughs> yeah, I think the, like, Reaper nest sequence was way too long for what it was. And that was, like, I, the fight scenes in that were, like, okay. They weren't, those even, like, weren't my favorite bits. That part of the movie mostly lost me. I liked the dynamic between some of the members of the Blood Pack. And, of course, we we lose a couple of the members. It's yeah, rough. the one that's, like, a couple and he, like, hides the fact that he got bit. Like, yeah. that was all good. Yeah, well, that's that's a classic bit, Right, isn't of it? course. Like, I'm okay, man. And I, I also really did like the prevalence of like having to just use daylight because everything else is ineffective against the reapers i i like that because the first movie spent so much time on like oh, they're silver obsessed. we're gonna make garlic bullets and yeah. you know like all that just out the window so the sunlight was cool and you know having two people just have to be like sacrificed basically to stop them from becoming reapers just by dragging them into the sun and, of course, Blade's the only one that can do that. Right. And then the other one's, like, getting, like, scarred from, like, getting a little bit of sun on them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then, like, they're, like, in the water, and that's all really gross again. Yeah. And, it's, it's nasty down there. And then they, like, rendezvous at, like, the main place with the dad. Yeah. Daddy. Um. I also just wanted to note that this movie is like really making you hate Ron Perlman off the jump. And then like, again, when he tries to kill Whistler and of course, like he leaves and lets the other guy try to do it. But like, come on, man. So we lost a partner. Now Blade loses one. I'm like, come on guys, just give it a rest. Like this is not the time. This is not the time to be exacting revenge. I mean, what? That's like their whole plan though. Like that's what they've been trained to do. It's a shitty plan. And they're really bad at it. They, they, all those people, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, seriously. Like, if they had really put their minds to it, they could have pulled it off. Well, right, maybe. and, like, Ron Perlman, like, leaves the other guy to deal with Whistler on his own. He's yeah. He's like, I, I got other I guess, stuff. He's got a lot of confidence in his, in his teammates, I guess. I'll give him that. I guess they're also, like, not that concerned about the Reapers because they know, or some of them know, Ron Perlman does. Yeah. I don't think Nis- Nisa knows Nisa definitely thing. does not. But yeah, Ron Perlman, maybe some of the other ones are privy to the secrets. But I think she knows that they're going to double cross Blade. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It's, as everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we're already like, well, at least I'm already to the part where like Scud betrays them. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. I am, I'm scrounging for notes here. I mean, 
I thought it was kind of cool that they did like that dissection of the Reapers and they like got the pheromone and stuff. I was like, oh, this is it's cool, I guess. I don't really have that much to say about it. Yeah, like more gadgets, more science, yeah. kind of using that kind of stuff. It was like I still, I just mentioned like the garlic bullets and stuff, which is so silly in the first movie, but I, I liked that side of it being like, here's like practical applications of the stuff that you've heard about. Like Blade's not going to run around wearing garlic on his belt. It's like, how can we actually weaponize this stuff? We don't get as much of that in this movie for several reasons, but this was kind of like a fun callback to that. Um, I was really let down by the Sked betrayal, and like I said earlier, shocked. Yeah. I mean, that actually surprised me. I had no reason to be suspicious of Scud, and I guess neither did Blade or Whistler, because he was really, like, ingratiating himself with them, and the fact that he was, like, arguing so much with Whistler in the beginning... It doesn't give you the vibe of like, oh, I'm just like here to like get in close with the circle. Like he's still just like being himself, which it it worked on me. Yeah. That was the best part of this movie. Yeah. That whole scene, because we didn't really talk about Reinhardt getting a bomb put in the back of his head, which I think that's when I said this is very Suicide Squad. But even the whole pack thing felt like that. Um, But that, that comes back later because I guess... I don't know how long Reinhardt knows that it's... I guess he's known from the jump that it's a dud. Yeah. Or so he thinks. Right. Um, yeah, and then, like, I we already jumped to the end talking earlier, but, like, confused about where the brother came from. We get some body parts in jars, and Daddy's, a like... Of, a lot of jars, a lot of parts. He's from me, and we're trying to, like get rid of all of our weaknesses, which I think is, again, an interesting plot. Definitely. I don't know why that just came out like that. But, yeah, I mean, it was just, like, a really underbaked part of it. And, like, the whole thing with um, Nomak or whatever his name is, Jared or something. I don't know why they call it. Nomak? Nomak? Yeah. Um, Like, having him be, like, this failed attempt. And, you know, he's, he's pretty much... All these guys are invincible to almost everything except sun and UV light, which is, like, pretty damn accomplished for a bunch of vampires. It's like, why don't just, like, I wish they would have just delved into it a bit more. Like, they're yeah. they're very close. I kind of thought that, like, maybe, like, at the end they would, like, bring in, like, the first successful Reaper and that would have been, like, the last hurdle for Blade or something. I don't know. And, like, what what is Nomlak's goal? Like... I have no idea. Does he just want to? Does he want to kill everybody? I don't. Yeah, and then his sister, who I don't know if they again know each other. It doesn't seem like they do. Because well, she has no recognition on her face when he walks in. She helps him, and then she's like, "Well, I guess you have to kill me." And then he does. And I was like, I thought that like he wasn't going to, and it's like, no, you have to die also. Wait, you're saying because like Blade. No, Nis- oh, and Nisa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nisa helps him right. by giving him the dad on a platter. And she's like, how, like, now you're betrayed by your family. Right. And then he, I, and then she's like, I guess you have to kill me. And he does. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. I, Numlack. He didn't have a, yeah, no, yeah. Numlack. I just don't think he had a plan past that. So he's like, yeah, okay. Wh- whatever you say. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. I 
Very anticlimactical ending. Yeah, it just didn't help that, like, nothing that happened with these characters through the first hour and a half of the movie gave me any real reason to be invested in the payoff of their plot because it was so basic. So the best part of it, and the only part that really stuck with me, was the whole thing with Scud because he'd been around from the beginning and we had gotten all these like great little character moments with him and Whistler. So, you know, when they're wrapping up the loose ends, I'm like, I don't, like, what? Why? Who? I don't know, it just left no impact. The other part that I liked was, um, you know, Blade being captured and Whistler has to be the one to come to the rescue. Yeah. Nice. Little, I mean, yeah, that... A nice moment. That's, like, the most accurate thing that Whistler's done. Yeah. Like, he has a couple moments like that, but for the most part, he's, like, very much in the background, like, a non-character. Yeah. I Like, yeah, like you said, like, they just didn't really have anything for him to do, so was it really worth bringing him back? And then they, like, foreshadowed, like, you know, nobody can just go cold turkey after being, like, a vampire, and then... I guess they have an antidote, which, why aren't they giving that to other people? Hey, we don't have enough of it. Uh, we just have enough for Whistler. Um, and then he is just fine the rest of the movie. He has no side effects. And I guess that's like a red herring. And there's another good red herring where Whistler says to Blade, like, we think it's about Nissa, Nisa, Nisa, whatever. All three. Um like, you know, be careful. And Blade's like, haven't you ever heard the saying, keep your and keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer? Yeah. And it turns out to be about Scud the whole time. And I was like, that's that's awesome because Very Blade sneaky. knew. Yeah. And I like that Blade knew and that we didn't as yeah. the audience. I can't get over that enough because, again, that was like one of the best parts yeah, of props, the movie. Props to this movie for, for pulling off a, a twist that surprised them all. You know how hard that is? Yeah, you hear me, yeah, you hear me yeah. David S. Goyer? You did a good job. I wasn't on the lookout for one. I mean, who who would be? Perfect <laughs> like, kind of twist. Like, I think I get the whole plot after the first ten minutes. Yeah, so I mean, that was it for me on this um, movie. Not really looking forward to seeing the third one, especially if like the third one is the one that has the bad reputation. It's It seems to be such hot garbage that we'll have fun talking about it because as far as i know like the movie is a mess the production of the movie was a mess i'm very interested to see what ryan reynolds has had to say about it because oh is he in it yeah he's basically to my understanding he's just playing deadpool like a, a very much deadpool type character um and that's all i know so you know he had several shitty forays into superhero movies <laughs> that before we get to any of the good stuff so he's got to have said something um, yeah, so it'll probably be a while, another year, before we watch the third one. Yeah, most likely. I'm also, like, really running out of other stuff, but, you know, a, a Blade a year. Honestly, we do that, maybe we'll just be on time for the MCU Blade whenever that comes out. Oh, yeah. We just gotta go that slow. Um, yeah, so any fun facts or anything about this movie? So there's not a ton of like exciting background stuff on the production, unfortunately. Um, but one uh, little tidbit that I did find on the Wikipedia page was that David S. Goyer wanted to use, you got to guess the Marvel character that he wanted to use in this movie, but was told no. 
Um, is it one that we've had in movies? Yes. Ant-Man. No. Um, I mean, give me a hint. We, we saw the movie very recently. Uh, Doctor Strange. No. Spider-Man. No. Wanda. Think about, think about what we're, what kind of characters we're dealing with in the Blade franchise. Vampires. I don't know. Dr. Michael Morbius oh, at your no. service. Oh, of course. He, he wanted to add him, but Marvel wanted to keep the character for a franchise of his own. Oh, God. What do you think that would have been like? I think it would have been fun. I think he would have fit into this. He, like, they, Blade and him are kind of similar. Yeah, I think it would have been... I, I have no idea how they would have handled him. Because I know that Morbius is more of like a villain in the comics, so maybe he would have been positioned that way. Is he? Kind of like an anti-hero villain. But like he was a Spider-Man villain originally, just like a straight-up villain. Hmm. Um, imagine him like being told no in 2001 or whatever, whenever this movie was being written. And now 20 years later, <laughs> they're like, oh, we finally have a Morbius franchise. Wow. I also like forgot we saw Morbius and forgot that it was in Marvel. We have the we have the Morbius poster sitting on the table right right next to us as a memento of that remarkable day. That is the funniest thing to me. And that's a brilliant fun fact. That's a that's a real what if moment. Way to go out on this episode thinking of Morbius and Blade. <laughs> which I guess now there's time. Marshall Ali, Jared Leto. The, the crossover that everybody's asking for, um, but nobody needs. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> you don't really need to send us your thoughts on this one. Unless you really love it, we'd love to hear now, it. Yeah, I mean, I did see someone on Reddit being like, I watched all of them, and the second one was my favorite. Or in one person's You're case, sick. I watched all of them, and the third one was my favorite. The person who said the second one, he's, that's a that's a sick person. This is gross. <laughs> Not because I don't even mean that because it's a this, bad movie. Like we've watched worse movies. You're it's a just si- disgusting. You're a sick individual. I like don't mind gore. I don't mind a little horror. But like, yeah, the body horror stuff. I guess specifically, and like the mouth sucking thing just really grossed me out. Yeah, it's not your thing. Definitely not. Well, if it is your thing, maybe you like this more than us. Okay. So if you got some hot takes on it, let us know. I, I don't know if what we have just done here is a hot take or not. You tell us. And uh, please leave us a five-star review if you uh, choose to do so. Until next time. We are Out, out of, of the, the Superverse. Superverse.